Happy August, and we're talking sports today. NHL restart, to be particular. Will the St. Louis Blues redeem themselves as the Stanley Cup champions, or will someone else find themselves at the pinnacle of NHL? I have a chance to sit down with an old friend, and we talk the NHL restart, the quarantine round, and the fight to the Stanley Cup. All that and more here on this episode of Sports Time with Bye. Whether you in a car, room, office, or toes, Byron in the morning, got to talk for all the news. Sports talking, we talking sports off and I'm thinking ready to play in the Jeter fuse with Boston. Now that Kobe retired, I'm thinking Kobe for office also, except the NBA checks. I'm taking office from Detroit right to the big leagues, the big screen where we prove that we on big things. We got another episode of Sports Time with my guys. I got a very special guest, long overdue. We've been talking about doing a hockey podcast for like, maybe a year now finally got a chance to catch up with good friend from grand valley of mine joey neiser joey thanks for coming to the show boss yeah, no problem thanks for having me yeah man you're like the biggest hockey fan i know by well, then far you, <laughs> then you can't know many hockey fans yeah <laughs> well you actually but you actually had a chance to work for an nhl hockey team as well didn't you yeah, so like right after I finished up my senior year at Grand Valley, I graduated, and two days later, I just packed up and moved down to Nashville, and then after a couple of months of just working a couple odd jobs there, I ended up getting a job with the Predators, and I was doing that for two seasons. And what did you do for the Predators, exactly? I was just on the ice crew, just a part-time job, like working on the ice, shoveling during the games. I was basically a paid season ticket holder. I was going to say, cause you, get, you get in every game for free, and you get the Predators are actually good. They were that year. They actually uh, went to the Stanley Cup Finals that year and lost in six games to the Penguins. And how great was that experience working on the ice, up close and personal with all those players, all those coaches? Was that a good experience for you? Yeah, it was great. Like, obviously, you get a little starstruck at first, but that, that goes away real quick. <laughs> you have any great interactions with any of the players there? Uh, I got a funny one with the back of goalie UC Saro. So at the end of the practice, a lot of the guys that don't play that night in the backup goalie, they'll stay out a little bit extra. And I can't remember what team it was. It had, I think it was either Vegas or Philly that was in town. The ringside reporter girl comes walking up behind the bleachers, and a bunch of the players are just telling the goalie, hey, turn around. And you just see Saro's just slowly look over his shoulder and watch her walk a little bit. It's kind of funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks a lot, man. And hockey is back. The restart is up and live. And like we were just talking about, man, it feels like sports went from no sports to 100. Like you said, we got games on from noon all day for the next two months. I saw somewhere that there's going to be basketball or hockey or baseball every single day for the next two months. How great is it to, you know, have everything back, especially to have hockey back in such a March Madness, I guess, type feel we got here? This is great. I mean, hockey, baseball, even lacrosse, I've been excited to watch for a little while. Who's some of the favorites as far as hockey teams right now that, well, I guess, start off, explain this hockey restart. I'm a novice hockey fan at best. I cheer for the Wings. The Wings won 17 games this year, so I didn't really have much to cheer about. So I really didn't watch many hockey games this year, but I, I know there's a restart. You were just telling me seven of the bottom teams didn't make it. Kind of explain this restart thing that they got going on here. 
So they played about probably upwards of 90% of their season. So they obviously they just want, they want to finish out the season correctly and get themselves a champion. So there's 24 teams that are playing in this playoff format uh, restart. The top four teams in each conference are playing in a round robin style three games to try to determine which seed they're going to end up getting one through four, while the other bottom teams are playing an excessive five series as like a play-in, kind of like what March Madness does with I think the twelve and five seeds. Like they play, have a play-in game, the winner of that game gets into the gets into the dance. Mm-hmm. They're doing it that way, and but then it's a play-in series. Yes. Okay. The official first round will start, or the playoffs will start after this, and then it'll go to the normal playoff format, best of seven, all the way through the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay, okay, that makes so much more sense. I was, I've been looking, and I thought the top four teams in each conference didn't have to do the round robin, but they're basically fighting for the top spots as one and two seeds in their respective conferences. Yeah, they want, they're doing it that way, so that way they're not sitting idle while these other teams are playing and getting a feel for it. If it was a normal season where they went from the full 82-game season and into the playoffs, it would have been different. It would kind of be like a bye-type situation. But since they've been off for four months, they want to get every team playing still so no teams are just sitting by watching the other ones go. Yeah, and it looks like despite the four-month delay, it seems like there's been some pretty great hockey, though, as soon as it got back, kind of like baseball and basketball. There shockingly hasn't been that much difference in the game itself as I think most fans thought there would be. Um, kind of touch on that a little bit from your point of view, I guess, as an avid hockey fan. Is it a big difference with no crowd there, and can you feel anything different, or is it just like watching any other hockey game like any other season? Honestly, I don't even notice there's not a yeah, crowd. Yeah, me neither. It's crazy. I think, the, I think the way they covered the seats up to make uh, that scenery look like that, it's deteriorated a lot from the empty seats like you see in football. Not football, uh, baseball. Baseball, yeah. Yeah, I was talking to someone else about that, and, like, the basketball game seemed totally normal. <laughs> like, I, I, the players are playing just as hard. The goals are just as – the uh, points are just as good as well. Uh, watched an amazing game. The first hockey game I watched this season happened to be the Avalanche game yesterday. I know you're a huge Colorado fan. I mean, that game was insane. Ended with a buzzer beater literally as time expired. Um, kind of just point to the – or talk about the um, the intensity that this short period is going to bring um, to hockey itself. I feel like it's going to drive fans to this, actually. It's going to be great. Like, every team is essentially healthy for the first time all season. I know Colorado is one of those teams that were really banged up. We did not have a full healthy roster all season, tons of injuries, so it helped them get healed. Pittsburgh is another team that – getting a lot of healthy guys back now. So, like, everything's fully healthy. They're out – they come out just guns blazing. I was really surprised at that. Even these round-robin games, nobody's messing around. And, and what are some of the, I guess, teams that you like to watch throughout the season? Uh, I, I know you're a huge fan of the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Who else do you like to watch? As much as I hate it, I, I got to say Pittsburgh just because they've got – They've got so much like fun talent out there. I'm not a, the biggest Crosby fan in the world, but they got guys like Malkin and Gensel who just they're out there flying and just buzzing around. The guys that the teams that got the big skilled guys and the good goal scorers, they, they're just they're just fun to watch. Are we in a, I guess quote unquote goal scoring era right now in hockey? Are they scoring more goals than they used to score back in the day? Are I guess skilled players targeted more right now? 
Uh, there's actually a downward goal trend. Downward. Okay. The goalies, the goalies pads have gotten bigger than they were in, like, say, like the 90s and 80s, so that's taken up a lot more than that. I know that was a big topic a couple of years ago. They want Goal scoring was down, so they wanted to try to find a way to get goal scoring up. A lot of the GMs are talking, like, hey, let's make the goalies pads smaller. Let's make the nets bigger. They did something with the goalie pads. So, you know, ever since they did that, goal scoring has been up a little bit more than normal. But as far as back in the day, the goal scoring is down. Okay, and who are some of the best goal scorers right now, I guess, that you're targeting? What what guys are leading their teams to the playoffs this year? I mean, Alexander Ovechkin's winning the goal-scoring race year in and year out. He actually, year. Has, yeah, he actually has a chance to beat Wayne Gretzky's goal record, but I think this pandemic shutdown might have slowed that down a little bit since he missed probably about 10 or 12 games. But he's still got a chance to beat it as long as he stays healthy. And then Boston's got this younger kid, David Pasternak. He's turning into a really good goal scorer. He's been he's gonna be in that goal scoring race year in and year out going forward. Okay, okay. And and how's Sid the kid and the and the rest of his crew looking over there? Are they some of I see they're third in their division there behind them. they're in the tough division though, they with the Capitals and the Flyers. Do they have a chance to get back to the Stanley Cup? I feel like the last couple of years it's either been a Capitol, Blackhawk or Penguin show. And you can never count out Sid, right? So, I mean, like I said, they're one of the teams that were bruised up going in, going in all season, and then they got time to get healthy with a shutdown. It's all going to come down to their goaltending. Murray's been a little shaky. Jari hasn't had that playoff experience. But they've been there before, so you can never count them out. And the round robins right now, they're all best of three series. Pitts down 0-1. So, if they lose the series to the Canadians, what happens to the Pittsburgh Penguins? They just are are they just a lower seed in the playoffs or they don't make the playoffs? Nope. The teams that lose these play in series are done. They go home, they get those golf clubs out. Oh, so if the Penguins don't win tonight at eight o'clock, they can pack up. No, they got a best of uh they're in one of the play in series. So they're oh, playing in the best they're playing in the best of five. So, so they're they in the best of five series. Yeah, so they'll have another game before they get knocked out. But if they lose tonight, it's not going to be easy winning three in a row. Wow, so I yeah, think I think tonight. It up. I think tonight they're going to just come out, just come out on all cylinders. I don't, I don't think the other night settled well with them as it shouldn't have. I don't know anything about the Golden Knights, the Oilers, or the Flames. What are the? I mean, I guess for one, how did the Golden Knights do this <laughs> in two years in the league? How are they so good consistently already? Nobody really has that answer. It's just kind of funny. So they had that expansion draft of basically just the kids that the other teams didn't want. And didn't want, yeah. It just all came together for them, and they go right to they go right to the Cup Finals in their first year. Nobody saw that coming. And with Seattle coming in that after next season, they're going to have high expectations for that to happen again. And are they going to do the same exact thing they did with the Knights for Seattle? You get a couple of players that you can protect, and everything goes. They have a, the chance to pick up for your team. Yep, they're going to have the same exact rules, except Vegas is still exempt from that expansion draft. Just mostly because I think they don't have a whole lot of prospects in their pipeline, so they're going to try to protect them a little bit. Even though I think personally they should be in this expansion draft with the success that they've had. Yeah, I was going to say they're one of the best teams. They're the best team in the division, but they're not going to have anyone from their team taken to create this new Seattle team. Nope, they're not there completely exempt from it. They're just going to sit back and watch. Who, who allowed that boat to go through? That's insane. 
That's what I'm saying. I thought I think they should still be allowed in it, especially with the success they've had their first three years in. Tell me a little bit, of, I guess, about your about your Central Division Colorado Avalanche and the spot that they're fighting there with with the St. Louis Blues. Oh, man, that shutdown saved the Blues, I think. Cause Colorado is coming for that division title. But that game it last, saved it saved the Blues. You think they benefited I, from it? I think it did, and even if it was going to be a close one, the very last game of the season was going to be Colorado versus St. Louis, and I think that was going to be a game to go for the division title. But now they'll have a series against each other, correct? No, they just played the one game last night, and now the Colorado's got a game against Dallas on Wednesday. They're playing one game each against the other, the other three other teams. Three. And then best, and whoever has the best record from there is going to get the number one seeding debate depending on who has the best record. Okay, okay. And what are your expectations um for your for your for your avalanche? I think we're gonna get that first seed that I've been taken down to St. Louis last night. What's so different about this Avalanche team than the past Avalanche teams? I feel like Colorado's been on that break a few times. They even got to the Stanley Cup um not too long ago. What's what's keeping them from getting over that hump and I guess what makes this team different for you? just have such a young team that's going to be really fast and skilled for the next like 10 or so years to come so we're going to we're going to be right in that race going forward but this year compared to last year we just have a lot more depth going going in we got a little bit more experience i think last year helped a lot with the young kids getting that playoff experience and our goaltending is the big question mark right now but i think i think we could do it if not this year i say within the next two years we're in that stanley cup finals and if the Avalanche don't bring it home this year, who are some of the favorites besides the obvious, I guess, any sleepers that you have that you think someone doesn't want to see them early in the playoffs when this starts? You can't count you can't count out St. Louis. They're the champs for a reason. So I mean they're they're right in that fight until someone says otherwise. But the one team I think a lot of people aren't really talking about is Philly. What's so good about this Philadelphia Flyer team, I guess, that, that could make them, um, you know, a, a, a tough matchup for some teams in the playoffs? That forward core they got, it's sneaky and scary. They got one of the they got one of the best defensive forwards in the league in Sean Couturier. Nobody's really talking about him, but I think he's going to be one of the next up-and-coming stars for that team. And they got this young kid in net, Carter Hart, who basically saved them last year. They were having goal. They're having goaltending issues like crazy. I think they went through nine or ten goalies last year until they finally called this kid up, and he just saved that franchise. I know uh, Philly's sitting right there at number two in the Metropolitan Division, but I know they're up there. But I don't think people are talking about them enough. No, I, it's probably because the tough division that they got to see with the with the Penguins and the Capitals. And they're also fighting with Boston and Tampa on the other side of that conference as well it, so they got those top three teams that people are always talking about Philly just kind of gets the kind of gets the knock there gets a shirt and the stick on the on the conversations yeah I'm looking here on NHL.com right now in the standings and the way that Philly finished the season they finished nine and one in their last 10 games one of the hottest teams but not to be talked about exactly. and, those, and those are the ones that go into the playoffs with a chip on their shoulders like you said you know the teams that aren't being televised and kind of go underneath the radar, have good winning streaks like that. I'm telling you right now, look out for Philly. That's a team that's scaring me right now. And talk about 
the Oilers for a second. What do they have going on over there? They potentially obviously have one of the best players in hockey, one could say, at least one of the best goal scorers. Talk about this Oilers team and how they have, I mean, it's built year after year with first-round picks. I wouldn't say they have one of the best one of the best players on the team. They have the best player in the league on that team in Connor McDavid. But for the last few years, it's literally just been him. So he's had no help. It's been, it's been bad management from the top for years. They've had numerous number one picks that have just not worked out the way they've hoped, but they got this other, they got this kid now, Leon Dreisaitl from Germany, who actually got more points than Connor McDavid did this year. And those two together, they're turning it up. But that team's still got a little bit of work to do. There's not a whole lot of depth other than those two. They got a they got a second center in Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who was one of those first overall picks I was talking about. But just outside of those three, there's not a whole lot of depth there. The defense is getting better. The goaltending's a big question mark. There's a, They just don't know what to do there. They paid this kid, Miko Koskin, in a big contract after having probably like just five good games. And then they brought in Mike Smith with a tr- – from Calgary, and he hasn't been looking like he's finding his stride. Was it Mike Smith was in net for the first game against Chicago? Did not look good. Nico Koskinen came in, didn't look much better. So see what happens tonight if one of them can dial it in. But like I said, like I said, there's just not a lot of depth there other than just the top two guys in McDavid and Drysaddle. But those two can only carry a team so far together. And see, that's what I like about hockey. And the difference of basketball is in hockey, you can't, no matter how good the two or three best players are, it's not like in basketball where in like James Harden can carry his team or Kevin Durant can carry a team. In hockey, you can only do so much. Yeah, we had uh, with Colorado last year, that was proven big time. We were known to just have a one-line team, and McKinnon could only take that team so far. They shut down that line, and you, you weren't relying on the bottom three lines. Now in the off season, they went and got so much depth, and it showed this year. You can't, you cannot rely on one guy to carry a team the whole way. And what did, who did they put around McKinnon that has added to, I guess, the depth to make them look a lot stronger this year? So our big line was Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon, and Miko Ranton, and that line is stuck for probably about two and a half seasons now. But we made a, they made a trade with Toronto. I brought in Nazem Kadri, who got that game winner last night. That was a big need, was a number two center. And then they uh, signed Andre Burakovsky out of Washington in free agency. He's been a really great find. And so we finally got that second line depth, and then the third and fourth line are the role-playing lines, and they came to that role really well and just settled right in. So in hockey, the first two lines are really for putting points on the board. The lines three and four are more for keeping points off the board, so to speak, I guess, or just keeping things tight. More so the fourth line than the third line, but lately it hasn't really been more of like a shutdown line defensively. It's just kind of like your best players are on that first line and then the ones that aren't quite better than the ones on the first line are on the second line and therefore with third and fourth. But you just you got to have your guys in that certain role and just take accept to it and then just kind of roll with it. And that's probably the toughest thing that you run into with hockey is players accepting that line two role or line two line three role and still being efficient in it. Yeah, I mean, obviously a third line role isn't isn't bad. You're just not going to get as much ice time as those top two lines are. But you, and on a third line role, you're still a, 
expected to contribute more than you should. Well, I wouldn't say more than you should, but you're still expected to contribute. Have any of the NHL players been taking a knee during the anthem or anything like that? I know they sing Canadian and American anthems usually for the NHL games. Um, Are they having the type of, I guess, um, push that the NBA and the WNBA and baseball fans are having? Or are most of the hockey players just playing hockey? Early on, it started as they would focus on the African American players that were, or the players of color for those games, and they would all like just have a hand on each other's shoulder. Yesterday, Matt Dumba from Minnesota, he put his fists in the air. I don't know if you watched the very first televised game on Saturday, but he made like a he made a big speech about the injustice and everything. Yeah, I was I was with a couple of friends, so I didn't actually get to listen to that message. But he made like a big speech about it. And then today, honestly, actually, right before this Dallas and Vegas game, I think maybe four players took a knee for the first time, and three of them were three of them were white players. Yeah, I've always I'm always curious in, in you know leagues like MLB and NHL where the minority is people of color and how they you know react to any type of social situations like this. So. I mean, honestly, anything being done, I think is a benefit. Whether, like I said, I'm whether you're for standing or kneeling or whatever, I think it's just important to like speak out on the situation and just to bring some attention to the matter. So that's pretty cool to see that it's also happening in the NHL, a league where, I mean, I'm sure most black players probably feel like I don't have a lot of uh, ice to be uh, acting up here. I need to play it cool and keep a job, basically. I know some of the coaches have made it very vocal. Like if you if you kneel, you're not going to play. So I don't know how true that is now after the whole George Floyd thing, where it's been more of like, okay, maybe this really is an issue. But me personally, I don't see it as an issue. It's bring it's bringing awareness to an issue, and it's calm. It's not being like very aggressive about it, like you saw originally back back in Charlotte when the police brutality was a thing. They were going actually attacking cops that they saw, or just attacking white people just mm-hmm. out, just out of revenge just out of revenge yeah yeah it's like it's it's very calm it's bringing awareness to an issue and even if people don't like it what's that doing it's still bringing an awareness you're seeing yeah. you're talking about it yeah it's, it's starting that conversation i mean even the conversation like this it starts the conversation of you know social injustice okay and then even people say like the biggest issue is like, i don't want my kids looking at this stuff but that's that's honestly the best part. That's even where it starts at. I mean, imagine a 10-year-old kid saying, hey, Dad, why are they kneeling right now? Like Being able to inform him that and discuss, of, okay, here's what's going on and this is what's happening, I think that's pretty powerful. I feel like the younger that you're able to teach your kids this, maybe the, the, the issues can start to change. Yeah, like, I don't know about you, but I was a very influential young kid. So it starts with you, and you got to push that down to the younger generation. Yeah, nope, 100%. And I was – I don't know about you, but I was so skeptical about sports coming back. I was huge on, I mean, sports coming back is a big distraction. Um, but I, I think that the players and all three of the leagues that have come back have done a very good job of, like, still speaking on it and keeping the conversation strong and keeping everybody up to date, so to speak, on what's going on outside of the sports that we all love. Because sports, uh, sports are sanctuaries for all of us, you know. It, it's a it's a happy place where we all can go and kind of forget about the world that we live in. So 
I think it's good to for us to understand like no, they're humans too, and they're experiencing the same thing that we're experiencing every day. Yeah, like I don't like I've noticed within this country that like sports bring a sense of unison together. So if we can get our if we can get sports back and it brings everyone together, maybe it can start giving people a little bit of hope that things can go back to normal here. Yes, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, sports is that one place where doesn't matter the race or anything. I've seen fans go crazy next to every race of people if they all root for the same team. <laughs> like, you, you don't, like, go turn around at a, uh, I know, a hockey game after a great goal and try to figure out the race of the person before you high-five them after your team scores. Last question I got for you then before I let you go, Joey. How has the NHL planned to handle the positive test if that comes up in the coronavirus? I know they got the bubble so they should not have the issue that the MOB are having right now. But what's the protocol that they've established, I guess, in the NHL for player testing positive, sit-out time, and what can we expect, I guess, moving forward on it? Uh, so far, since the big, like, three test days have happened, nope, we're still at zero NHL positive tests. So this bubble is working out real well. I don't. Can you, like, what's it going with the NBA bubble? Are they, is everyone still doing good there? Yeah, NBA bubble is doing fantastic. Uh, no one, well, besides players leaving the bubble, um, <laughs> gotta get them, gotta get them chicken wings. Gotta get the, gotta get the chicken wings from the A, man. Let me tell you about Atlanta. You need them wings. But besides that, there's been no issues. And so it's just insane to like look at how every sport did a bubble. And then I look at the MOB and they're having games canceled left and right. Players are getting the coronavirus left and right. Staff and it's just. Man, it looks like the bubble who everything everyone hated on the bubble and now it's working out for everybody. Yeah, I, I don't know the, the exact protocol with the NHL because they haven't really had to deal with it yet. They haven't had to deal with it yet. That's all. Awesome. I think what uh the commissioner said the other day is like, I'm just I'm gonna vaguely quote on it because I don't remember exactly where it's for, but I think he said they're just gonna take the normal precautions as possible. You, uh, as long as you test you test negative two times in a row, you'd be allowed to come back. And they're not not sure about the natural, normal handshake line at the end of the series, but yeah, as long as, long as there's nobody testing positive, it shouldn't be an issue, right? Even That's then, how I look at it. Even though then I was thinking, like, why not have two people at the end of each line just holding hand sanitizer, squirting into the hands afterwards? Yeah, like, I mean, I guess we played a whole game of hockey together. You know, we've been all over each other, way closer than six feet. I feel like I can shake your hand through all this. Yeah, that's what was, that's what was making me laugh about like what they said the it, NFL. It doesn't make, yeah, the NFL one doesn't make sense to me. How like no, you're banging into each other for but like, don't what, share a jersey, hour, but you cannot take that minute two minutes to exchange a jersey. Like what? Yeah, I don't understand don't how that works. It doesn't. Yeah, it's really NFL. I, I, NFL is dropping the ball huge. NFL and MLB owners must be friends. Same group to. I know I saw something either yesterday or two days ago. The MLB commissioner came out and said, like, he doesn't plan on canceling a season. The players need to be better about this. I'm not a quitter. And I immediately when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's not a good look. Yeah, that's won't be a good sign for you guys at all. Well, I got to just end it with a little playoff pick on for the round robin series. I'm going to pick a series and just say which team you think is going to advance. Let's get it. All righty. So, First, we've got Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames. That one's going to come down to just if Connor Hellebuck can keep his goalie form the way he did all season. But, and then the first game, the first game of this series, Winnipeg had two major injuries of Mark Shifley and Patrick Laine. 
So that without those two, I don't I don't see them getting past Calgary. All right, Calgary for that one. How about the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Maple Leafs? I know the Blue Jackets have been a team that's kind of up and down. They had a really good year last season. Then they lost their three best players. They made a little spurt before the lockdown. Blue Jackets or the Maple Leafs? Toronto should win that one. But if Columbus wins that one, that's going to start a media storm in Toronto. And I personally just would, I would just like to see the drama start up in that. But, is it because Toronto's like the most storied franchise? Yes, but also the NHL offices are right there in Toronto. So that doesn't help that doesn't help their case at all. But I that one's gonna that one's a series to look out for. I'm taking the upset with Columbus. Ooh, good pick. Okay. How about the Minnesota Wild and the Vancouver Canucks? Uh who you got between them and Minnesota? Obviously, it doesn't mean anything now, but Minnesota was buzzing at the end of the season. I just think they got—I think they got the more depth down down the middle there than than uh, Vancouver does. I'm taking Minnesota. Two upsets. I love to see it. New York Islanders and the Florida Panthers. I feel like this should not be a hockey team in Florida. Florida Panthers are one of those teams on the rumor to get sold and moved out here one of these years. But uh, they, they've got a good forward core, but that, that's basically about it. This is known as one of the more boring series in the playing rounds just because the way the Islanders play is a very, very defense-first game. They try to win every game 2-1. to one. So it's just in the, in the way that Florida plays, they have all, they're just all offense. And if New York can shut that down, then they, it's not going to be an issue for the Islanders. This one's really just a toss-up, but I think the Islanders got them. Yeah, it's one of those game, one of those series that either they um, the Florida Panthers just get really hot and score a bunch of goals, or it's going to be a bunch of one zero two one games. Yeah, even the first game was two to one Islanders. That's that's probably going to be like how the series goes. Maybe like two to one, three to one, three to two. It's not going to be a high scoring series. How about the New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes? Carolina is one of those teams to look out for too. They're young. They're quick. It's going to come down to goaltending, and I'm not just saying this because Carolina's up two nothing in the series already after today. But Carol, I was picking Carolina to win this series before it even started. Look out for Carolina to make a deep run again, like they did last year. Arizona Coyotes and the Nashville Predators. That's one another one of those toss ups. For some reason, Nashville has just been on a decline since that Cup run. There's something in that locker room where they just keep going down and down and down every year. But uh, I'm. It's another toss-up, but I I'm gonna go with Nashville still. I think Nashville still. I think yesterday they started they started finding lightning in a bottle late in that game after going down early. And then we got the Chicago Blackhawks and the Edmonton Oilers. Can Chicago pull off the upset? I think they can. The way that they came in, even in that exhibition game against the Blues, they came out just. Gone blazing, and then the way they came out against Edmonton just seemed like everything they were shooting was fine in the back of the net. And they're one of those teams that have been there just like Pittsburgh. They've won three cups in six years between 2010 and 2016, so they know how to do it. They still got their main guys in Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays, so they know what to do, and I think they can do it. This is one of those series I feel like where the veteran team isn't actually the better team, however that Edmonton Oilers team may just, like, not know how to win yet. And the Blackhawks, like you said, have been there before three titles in six years. 
they kind of know how to get it done late when it matters. They do know how to get it done. It's not the most skilled matchup in the world, but they got two of the flashiest players in the league, with Chicago having Patrick Kane and Edmonton having Connor McDavid. So it's still going to be a fun series to watch either way. And then last but not least, the Montreal Canadiens and the Pittsburgh Penguins. We touched on them a little bit. Who you got in this series? Do the Canadians finish off, or do the Penguins go ahead and pull up the comeback? I don't see Montreal closing it out. I think Pittsburgh's going to come out tonight just completely pissed off. And I think I think Pittsburgh's going to come out and do it. Man, well, one thing we do know is it's definitely going to be an insane month of August all around. Uh, thanks so much, Joey, for taking some time to hop on the podcast today. If you ever need some NHL talk and need someone to come on, just give me a call. I appreciate it, Joey. You have a good one, man. And that's another one in the books. Thanks a lot for listening again. August is going to be an exciting month of sports. NBA playoffs are around the corner. As we just discussed, NHL is hotter than ever. And hopefully the MLB can finish their season. Many teams having issues with COVID, canceling games left and right. Hopefully they get that together and figure it out. And fingers crossed on hopes of NFL training camp starting later this August. It's going to be action-packed. I'm all here for it. And don't forget, there's still been no justice for Breonna Taylor and her family. So continue to sign petitions. Continue to fight for Continue to do what you can inside and outside of your community to make a change. We're all in this together. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Sports Time with Mai. I'm doing what I want to do with you, and it's dream. Thinking I want to know when I was 16. Big being, he thought up here immensely. A.B. with his quick feet, intensely. Weighing this up. But I'm finally here and follow me here Cause trust me it's no time to be square And if you really do trust me then you will solemnly swear To pop a bottle for every banner that's flying in the air